0: This is Unfilter, episode 163, for August 21st, 2015. What led you to say this about President Obama and the military? President Obama was, quote,
1: deeply suspicious of their actions and their recommendations. I think this was particularly true in Afghanistan. And I think there were people in the White House, and I don't want to name any names, who were constantly goading him and saying the military's trying to box you in, the military's trying to trap you, the military's trying to bully you, the military's trying to make you do something you don't want to do. I'll name names. Was Vice President Biden one of those people? I think so. And and I was told so
0: Welcome to Unfiltered Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV that, really, you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and this is episode 163 of the show that this week is capturing some amazing things that are going down. Coming up in this week's episode, we're going to do the latest and greatest in the cyber story. I love this one because the CIA emails have been, CIA director's emails have been hacked, Homeland Security emails have been hacked, and apparently, the guy's a stoner hacker. It's just some stoner hackers, so we're going to talk about that in today's episode, plus Russia, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Cuba. All of those things this week are somehow related. It's unbelievable. That's all going down. And then in the later half of the show, we're going to finally cover some of the rules that have been established around drones In the U.S., there's been a lot of things that we've been covering in this show that are coming to a head this week. Uh, Many, many, many things for us to get into. So uh, let's start with the cyber stuff. And I like to start right here at home to keep it real nice and domestic, because that is the majority of our listeners. And then we're going to fan out to the rest of the world. And remember, the CIA director, he's just a guy, and he's got mail.
2: Federal authorities are investigating the claims of a high school student who says he hacked the personal email account of the CIA director, John Brennan. That's what a law enforcement source is now telling Fox News. The New York Post newspaper first broke the story, which is a sort of a corporate cousin of ours. Fox News cannot confirm the details. But here's what we have from the Post. A teenage stoner, as the tabloid puts it, tricked a Verizon employee into revealing Brennan's personal information. The teen says that's how he got into the account. The hacker says that the CIA director had information stored on his personal AOL account. Smart which reportedly included private data on intelligence officials, even a document on interrogations. I love
0: how unspy our top spies are.
2: Fox News senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew DePolitano explained why these allegations are so serious.
0: If it happened, then we know
3: that Director Brennan kept top secret information on his, again, if, on his personal email account, which is, as you say... A violation of the federal law that requires people who have possession of top-secret information. <clears throat> Hillary, Betrays. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, oh, excuse me. To keep it only in a secured government venue. The failure to do that is a felony.
2: Meantime, the CIA has since released a statement saying, and I quote, We are aware of the reports that have surfaced on social media and have referred, to, and have referred the matter to appropriate authorities. <laughs> Trace Gallagher has the latest on this AOL account, and he is live in our West Coast newsroom. What else do we know about this high school kid there, Trace?
0: Hey, Trace, what's going on? You've been following this kid in high school, Trace? Well,
4: Shep, hasn't given his name or where he lives, but on a social media account that we have not confirmed, he uh-huh. says he was motivated to go after the CIA director's account because he's opposed to U.S. foreign policy sure. and supports Palestine. Right. Even though he says he's not Muslim, his Twitter page reportedly includes, includes quotes from the Quran and about Allah being the one true God.
0: What a dick.
4: He also mentions owning John Brennan of the CIA <laughs> and refers to himself and a classmate that he smokes pot with as... C.W.A. or Crackers with Attitude. Yeah! Crackers with Attitude! There's no explanation about exactly what that means.
0: Oh, I could explain it to you. I love it. I love how straight-laced they are. Crackers with Attitude. Uh, I'm reporting now live from the scene. There's no uh, explanation of what Crackers with Attitude means. We're completely befuddled uh, by what this statement could actually mean, but it is on his Twitter feed.
4: CIA and refers to himself and a classmate that he smokes pot with as... CWA <laughs> or crackers with attitude. Yeah. There's no explanation about exactly what that means. No. But the teen apparently called the New York Post to brag about his exploits and even posted documents and part of John Brennan's contact list sure. on Twitter just yeah. to show off. Wow. Sure. Yep.
2: But it was more than just John Brennan's you've got mail account, right?
4: Right. Not only did he, uh,
0: this pot smoking high school hacker report. I'm sorry, what? Um, could, you, uh, could you make sure? I'm not quite sure. Uh, what, how should we consider him? Right. Not only did he this uh, uh-huh. pot-smoking
4: high school hacker... Rep- oh, okay. So, I'm sorry. It's a pot-smoking high school hacker. Okay, got it. ...reportedly compromised the CIA director's account. He apparently prank-called John Brennan repeatedly, even <laughs> once reciting the director's social security number to him. Oh, man. At the accounts. He told the New York Post he used a tactic called social engineering where he tricked the verizon workers oh that's
0: new that sounds like something new i've never heard of that before
4: into providing cia director brennan's personal information that he tricked aol into resetting his password uh-huh. verizon just released what is very much a non-statement saying it takes the security of customers very important yeah and it's very seriously investigating this hack so right. far aol has said nothing the hacker also apparently got into the comcast account of Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson. Just throw that in there. And listen to his voicemails.
0: Should have been texting anyway. Hmm, let me get connected to the internet here, guys. Sorry, uh, before I can do the show, I'm gonna have to dial up. Hmm, yeah, I'm John Brennan, and I'm the director of the CIA. I'm just gonna go ahead and get connected to my AOL account here. Hold on, hold on. I gotta respond. Some really important email.
5: Torture documents. Yeah, okay.
0: Here we go. Okay. you got mail. Oh, good. Look at this. It's an email about torture. Good. I'll have to make sure I respond to this.
6: You claim you were able to hack the private email account of the CIA director.
0: What I love is, so this these people, or this kid, or whoever, this pot-smoking high school student who got access to the director, you know, he logged in as John Brennan. Now he's a hacker, because he's logged in as a person, so he's a hacker, because that makes you a hacker. Apparently we're all hackers, because you know you've done it. You know you've logged in at some point in your life as somebody else, because it's easy, because people use really stupid passwords. So you all are hackers, every single one. Of you, you're all hackers, and now what, the, what these people are doing is they're gonna go ahead and hack one of the scariest son of bitches in the world, the director of the CIA. Honestly, I am more scared of John Brennan than I would be of President Obama. That guy is a scary son of a bitch, and I'm gonna go hack his email account. And then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna call up CIA, CNN on their freaking iPhone C on her colored iPhone, and I'm gonna tell her what I did.
6: Um, how did you do that? Phone number, social
7: security
0: number, and other things. And when we social engineered, uh, we like manipulated AOL to like do the password reset. on... We manipulated AOL to like, you know, uh, do the password reset on the account. We socially engineered Verizon. We socially engineered Verizon. And then, um, and then, um, we, uh, we uh, um, We social engineered to get the last four details on his bank account.
6: If this is true, and, and it's true that you guys have actually broken into his private email account. How difficult would you say it is?
8: Uh, you
0: mean out of 10? So, you know how she didn't ask him that? So she says, how difficult would you say it is to break his email account? And then he says, um, you mean out of 10? Well, no, that's not what she meant. Uh, you mean out of 10? You know, he see isn't it interesting how he provides that. Isn't that interesting? And then she's like, well, um... Okay. Sure, out of 10. Sure, like, out of 10, because, like, you want a... Now, I guess I should back up. You see, what what he's doing is he's prompting her for the soundbite. He's prompting her for the soundbite. Do you understand that? Isn't that weird? He's prompting her for the soundbite.
6: One. One. Yeah. You guys say you were able to hack into... His uh, his personal inbox. Um, what did you find?
3: Social security numbers. Uh, plan talking about uh, Iraq and Syria. There was a lot of, I guess,
9: private information. Really, he's
0: pretty stupid. Really, it's pretty stupid. Really, it's supposed to be so high in the government,
3: like head of CIA. That should be a bit more clever.
6: What was your motivation for doing this?
3: Free Palestine. Uh,
0: Free Palestine. States. The United, the United States government funds, government government funds Israel. Funds Israel. <laughs> And Israel, they kill can you give people, innocent any people. any
6: indication of your background? I mean, how old you are? Are you in the United States? I mean, anything you can tell me about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm below the age of
0: 22 years old. Um, I smoke pot. Well, I smoke pot. Really? That's what you're putting out there? I'm below the age of 22 and I smoke pot?
8: 22.
0: And I live in America. You don't, you know what? I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all.
8: Uh, more, uh,
0: I live in America. This is so, this is so fake. So let's go back. Hold on. Hold on. So he's, he prompts her to do one out of 10. You know, oh, it's a one. Uh, is
6: that you guys have actually broken into his private email account. How difficult would you say it is? Uh,
0: you mean out of ten? You mean like you're not following the script?
6: Sure, out of ten.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
6: One. One.
0: And then, and then it's I smoke pot. It
6: states. I mean, anything you can tell me about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm below the age of
0: 20 years. I'm below the age of 22 years old. Now, who the f- who the hell talks like this? Oh, uh, I smoke pot. I smoke pot. Um, I smoke pot. America. And I and I love how he says, I live in America, like no American would ever say. He says it in a way that doesn't sound like anybody native at all. No, in America. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it at all. Like, I'm sorry, I don't know what it is, but that sounds like total bullshit to me. Um, no, in America. But I live in America, and of course the CIA, or I'm sorry, the CNN transcript says and, and. But that's not what he says. But I America. But I but I live in America, but but I live in America, but but I live in America. But then their translation says, "And I live in America." Why? Because that was the fucking script. I live
6: in America, and and you smoke pot,
0: and you smoke pot. Yeah, yeah, he said that pretty clearly, actually. Oh. All day, every day, all day, every day.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you're saying you might have hacked the director of the CIA <laughs> while you were high. Probably. So are you sophisticated hackers? That
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, The board points out who calls it under 22. Who calls it pot? Nobody under 22 even calls it pot. Nobody calls it pot. That is a good point. I'm
8: below the age of 20 years old. Um, I
5: smoke pot, and I live in America.
0: There is an accent coming through. I agree, Kitson. He says there's an accent coming through. I completely hear it as well. Honestly, it sounds a little Asian or something to me. Um,
8: I smoke pot,
0: but I live in America. But I live in the America. But I live in the America. Really? And then she says, "But you smoke pot? Like that is?"
6: And and you smoke pot?
0: That's the first question. That's the first question you have. That's what you ask him. Out of all of the things that that man just said, supposedly that's what you ask him. Um, I smoke pot. I live in America.
6: And and you smoke pot? all you might have day. hacked the director of the CIA Woo! while you were high.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it was that easy.
6: Are you sophisticated hackers? We're uh, not like stupid.
0: We're not like stupid. We're not like stupid. We're in the middle. But uh, we're not really smart. But we're not really smart. <laughs> yeah, no shit. There's <laughs> a
6: lot of really, really really
0: smart people. There's a lot of really really smart people.
6: Do you guys worry about retribution? I'm gonna go to Russia and deal
0: with Snowden. I'm gonna go with Russia and chill with snowden and now they're showing b-roll of edward snowden i'm going to go to russia and i'm going to chill with snowden i smoke pot all day every day and i'm going to go to russia and i'm going to chill with snowden really, really
6: smart do you guys worry about retribution i'm going to go to russia and chill
0: with snowden i'm going to go to russia and Joe Snowden. I just, I just, this is so rich. to go to Russia and with Snowden. Because I know that they come pretty mad about this. I'm probably going to get tortured. I'm probably going to get tortured. I'm probably going to get tortured. I'm actually a pretty fast runner. I'm actually a pretty fast runner?
6: You plan to leak more information. Is there any specific target? Yeah, the government and the
0: police. And the police. White House people. The White House people. The White House people. The White House people. They're losers.
6: Now, sources have confirmed uh, that both accounts were, in fact, hacked. Although we-
0: Now, sources have confirmed that that guy was completely bullshit and trolling us. We
6: can't independently verify those leaked documents.
0: Hmm, weird. Wow. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So let's talk a little more about this, because uh, while we're talking about hackers, of course, you know, ISIS has got hackers out there, too. And they're... Guys, guys, don't forget about the ISIS hackers!
9: U.S. authorities say... A prominent hacker has been arrested, and they accuse him of gathering personal information about U.S. military members and passing it on to a prominent ISIS figure.
0: Now, I'm trying to figure out, as I watch this, are they talking about the OPM breach? Are they talking about the OPM data? Has the OPM data been published online? For those of you the Office of Personnel Management, this was a massive breach. The government has now considered this a generational problem. CIA agents have been exposed. Government employees have been exposed. Tons and tons and tons and tons, of millions and millions and millions of records have been exposed, and now are they talking about the OPM data? My gut tells me that maybe they are. My gut tells me maybe this maybe this means the OPM data has been posted online, and now somebody's just grabbing it and sharing it. But I can't quite tell from this clip.
9: You say a prominent hacker has been hacker. arrested, and they accuse him of gathering personal information about U.S. military members and passing it on to a prominent
0: ISIS figure.
5: Uh, Evan Perez joining us now from Washington with the very latest on the details. So who is this hacker and what kind of information are we talking about? Now
0: he is such an expert on this topic. So uh, he is such an expert that every time CNN has gone to this story throughout the week, they have gone to him. He is the reporter following this story. There has been several CNN shows that have covered this particular story. We have watched them all and he has been on every single one of them. Them. So he must have this detailed, absolutely written, like, on the back of his hand. I mean, he must have this completely figured out. Oh, what? I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, you can see the teleprompter telling him all of the bullshit and the reflection of the screen behind him? Oh, then... Maybe he's just fucking reading the screen. Well, we're talking about a
8: hacker that was based in Malaysia and who's allegedly linked to ISIS. And now he's back in the United States facing computer and terrorism charges here in the United States. His name is Ardit Farizi. Oh, He's a citizen of Kosovo. Uh, He's been living in Malaysia. The FBI says that he's been gathering personal data of U.S. military members and passing it on to ISIS terrorists. Now, he used a Twitter handle uh, called The Directory. Now, the (laughs)
0: FBI... (laughs) Okay, anybody in the chat room know what the directory might be a reference to? Because I love how obtuse the media is about this. He's using uh, an online handle called, um, what was that shit called? Um, Oh, the directory. Right, yeah, the directory. Now, what could that be in reference to? What could that be in reference to? Well, I can't think of anything, so let's just go on and report it. Let's just talk about that like it's no big deal. He used a Twitter handle uh, called The Directory. The Directory. The Directory. Hmm. What could he be referring to? The Directory. I'll let the chat room stew on that for a minute.
8: And the FBI says he regularly communicated with ISIS members and offered his computer expertise. Now, among those that he passed information to, according to the, to the FBI, is Junaid Hussein. He's an ISIS hacker and propagandist who was killed in a U.S. airstrike in August. Now, Hussein and other ISIS members posted some of the military members' data, uh, including names and their addresses, and they called it up upkill list. They posted it online. Uh, most of the hacking activities that's associated with ISIS You know, they're not very sophisticated. Mostly they're nuisance attacks, defacing websites. Uh, But they do attract a lot of attention simply because authorities uh, fear uh, that people could use this information to carry out attack against U.S. soldiers.
0: Carry out attack against U.S. soldiers. So the directory, for those of you who didn't kind of guess from uh, my uh, teasing, is uh, in reference to al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda, if you look at what the definition of Al-Qaeda is, is basically the directory. The directory of people that we have working for us. The directory of a bunch of uh, killing psychopaths that we have hired to take out Soviet Russia. The directory is what Al-Qaeda stands for. So the fact that this hacker calls himself the directory, it is no by accident it's not just some accidental online handle. No, he intentionally called himself the directory which I think is is pretty great. It is Al-Qaeda, the directory. That's what Al-Qaeda means because Al-Qaeda it was a made-up list of savages that we hired. The directory. Okay, sorry, I'm getting upset. I'm getting upset. It's just super obvious. Oh, the database, the directory. Yes, it's a lot of the same things. Uh, all right, so while we're talking about experts, because don't listen to me. I'm just some podcaster talking in a studio. Instead, let's listen to the experts on Fox News.
10: Fair and balanced. That's Fox News channel slogan in the United States, of course. Like any media outlet, the network likes its viewers to know it's delivering news and opinion from the most credible sources. The principle that's been rocked then by the latest revelation.
5: We were just in a very spirited discussion with former CIA operative Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons says this is smart security.
0: Now, Wayne Simmons has been giving a lot of recommendations to Fox News for a while. He's
5: a former CIA operative. The
9: former CIA operative Wayne Simmons says nothing could be further from the truth. And
0: And Wayne Simmons is sitting there shaking his head, those stupid sons of bitches, those dumb son of a... He should know. You see, Wayne has done interrogations. As you said, I've done many, many, many interrogations. I love torturing people. My name is... Is Wayne, and I love torturing people. I can tell you from having worked with the very, very best. I worked against the narco-terrorist for years. Thank you very much, Wayne Simmons. Good- Wayne, man, he stopped the drug war, man. He, 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 he interrogated Al-Qaeda. I'm sorry, the database. I mean, I'm sorry, the directory. I mean, ISIS, ISIL. I'm sorry. He did some interrogations. Always a pleasure, Neil.
11: Turns out... Simmons claimed to have worked for the CIA from 1973 to 2000. He used that false claim in an attempt to obtain government security clearances and work as a defense contractor, including, at one point, successfully getting deployed overseas as an intelligence advisor.
0: Yeah, he's not a CIA analyst. He's not a former CIA
12: employee at all, is he? ...senior military personnel.
7: I imagine he said, I was under such cover that they're going to disown me. So if you ask the CIA if I really work there, now they're going to say, "I've never heard of him. Never heard him." That's how secret my mission was, you know. I mean gullibility. I've never seen it at this uh, at this depth. Not only in the news uh, news business but in the vetting of people who sometimes have access to rather sensitive circles. The amazing thing is that he was able to insinuate himself into making lots of money from defense contractors, Mm -hmm. as well as onto Fox News saying all the kinds of things that Hannity would like him to say. (laughs) Unfortunately, if they get someone who's going to say the kinds of things that they want to hear, uh, I imagine the, the fact checking is very cursory. The Vec checking on their facts (laughs) is very cursory.
0: Yeah, that's a former uh, CIA whistleblower. Now, here is the funny thing about that, is it's gotten worse, hasn't it? Now they're just checking Twitter. Now they're going off of what they read on Twitter. It is ridiculous. Patreon.com slash unfilter. Support this show, because at least you know where my loyalties and our loyalties lie. We, producer Matt and I, are just trying to create a show for the audience to create a people's history here. Patreon.com slash unfilter. You know where our loyalties lie. You don't know when the people on the, on the news are talking to you where their loyalties lie. And I encourage you, if you're curious about what the difference is, watch the mainstream media for five days. Watch it. I'm not even asking you to watch it for seven. Watch it for five days. And Google every single person, every single expert they have on the show. I know that sounds like a lot of work. I know. I know that sounds tough. But producer Matt and I do it every single week. You can do it. Try it for one week. Google every single person they bring on to talk about these things. And just see why patreon.com slash unfilter is the proper way to fund a new show. You'll see exactly what I mean. I don't have to say any more. Just Google the people they bring on and see what I'm talking about. Patreon.com slash unfilter. And thank you, everybody. Those of you who have become supporters, and there's a couple of different levels. You can get it on a little bit cheaper level, and you get the supporter show, which is a great show. gives you lots of additional context, gives you more clips, gives you more information. We follow more stories. And those of you who can afford to jump in at $5 or more, you get everything. You get the source code. You get the artwork. You get the notes. You get all of the clips. You get everything. You help us distribute a copy of The People's History. You get all of the clips and way more than some of the stuff we're able to play in the show. Patreon.com slash unfilter. Now, this next story gives me pause. Because what I'm always worried about is all of the tools we're developing to track terrorism could be turned inward and used to track the people. All of the rules we're setting up, all of the laws about terrorism and responding to national security incidents could be turned inward. All of the NSA's capabilities, everything with the drones, the military, all of it could easily be turned inward. So when this next story crops up, yeah, it piques my interest.
5: Good morning to you and welcome back to Fox and Friends. The Department of Justice is shifting its focus from international terror to homegrown extremists. After a report by the New America Foundation, that's what they're called, they claim that more Americans have been killed by domestic attackers than by those inspired by jihad.
0: Now, uh, of course, the graphic that she has up on the screen actually says more Americans have been killed by right-wing extremists. Now, you notice how she didn't say that on Fox News, but that's actually what the graphic says, is that the Department of Homeland Security has said, hey, you know what? Uh, Jeez, we're looking into this. Now, the Justice Department is starting to look into this. It looks like a lot of these people are just right-wing extremists. They don't like that.
5: New America Foundation, that's what they're called. They claim that more Americans have been killed by domestic attackers than by those inspired by Jihad.
0: Now, that's a four-minute long clip. You guys can watch the rest and the supporters sync. I think that's all you really need to know about why that bothers me. I think that's all you really need to know. That clip concerns me quite a bit, and I think that's all you have to really know. And now we're going to talk about uh, Afghanistan coming up and the changes in Afghanistan, but this clip teases it a little bit.
9: Welcome back to Hannity. In a stunning reversal yesterday, President Obama announced that he would stop withdrawing American military forces from Afghanistan. What? For years, the president has promised us that he's going to end the war in that country. He made it even a major campaign issue twice. Oh. But now 5,500 troops will remain there after he leaves office qu-
0: I, now look i don't like to be this guy but i've got the red book right here in my beautiful little hands and i do believe that we made the prediction right here in the red book that we would not be withdrawing from afghanistan and i believe my prediction was eight thousand or more troops let's see how this just plays out According to the washington times that number is half of what top u.s generals in that country have recommended oh the paper
9: also says this is the sixth time president obama has ignored the advice of his generals on the ground in Afghanistan, as well as Iraq. This move did not come as a surprise to former Defense Secretary Robert Gates. Not enough troops. Here's part of what he said about the Obama administration's distrust of the military last night on Special Report Watch.
1: What led you to say this about President Obama and the military? President Obama was, quote, deeply suspicious of their actions and their recommendations.
0: Isn't that telling? President Obama is deeply suspicious of the military's actions, now, why would that be? Now, let's, let's put a couple of things on the table just to make this easier. Let's assume that Barack Obama is an intelligent human being, okay? And let's assume that he is surrounded by intelligent people who are pretty da- damn good at their job because that's how you kind of get to the position they're in. Now I'm not saying they're right in their assessments. I'm not saying they're right in their ideology, I'm just asking as common ground for this conversation, let's assume they're pretty smart people. In fact, let's maybe just for the sake of conversation, assume that Barack Obama is maybe one of the most intelligent people we know. Or he's pretty damn smart, being the president of the United States and all. He's got a good chance of being pretty clever. And you're telling me this clever man who is running the White House, who is being consulted by a team of advisors, is suspicious? Of the military-industrial complex? And the
1: military. President Obama was, quote, deeply suspicious of their actions
0: and their recommendations. Now this is Secretary Gates, former Secretary of Defense for Obama. I think this was particularly true in
1: Afghanistan. And I think there were people in the White House, and I don't want to name any names, Who were constantly goading him and saying the military is trying to box you in. The military is trying to trap you. The military is
0: there is experienced people in the White House that are saying the military is trying to trap you. The military is trying to box you in the military is trying to goad you,
1: who were constantly goading him and saying the military is trying to box you in. The military is trying to trap you. The military is trying to bully you. The military is trying to make you do something you don't want to do.
0: Now, is that all that unreasonable? You come in. You're a president best case scenario, absolutely best case scenario, you've got eight years. Now, if I'm the Pentagon, I look at you and go, well, that's cute. I'm here forever. I've got to defend this nation. I'm here for the long term. I've got to survive you. I survived the previous guy, and I got to survive the next gal. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I lock you in on a course of action that I know is best, because I've been around for a long time. And I know how this stuff works. And I know how to keep the American people safe because this is my job. And you... You're some senator out of Kenya. You don't have any idea what you're doing, and I'm going to make sure you do the job right. Is it that unreasonable to think maybe they might box him in? Is it that unreasonable to think they might give him a set of options that sort of lock him into a course of action? Because they're not here for eight years. The Pentagon is here indefinitely. They have to deal with every single administration, and they have to plan and organize in a way that is not subject to the whims of the changing administration. They have a job to do.
1: The military is trying to make you do something you don't want to do. I'll name names. Was Vice President Biden one of those people? I think so. And, and I was told so.
0: So there you go. So Biden, now, uh, <laughs> I love Taco Carls. He's such a deep So there you go. So Obama felt boxing. He felt like, now we're going to expand on that in a moment. That's just a little bit of teaser for what's coming up. But in the meantime, I'd like to maybe focus on what an incompetent, unbelievable, horrible job we're doing in the Middle East
5: information about an american f-16 fighter jet that was hit by gunfire while patrolling a taliban controlled province in so
0: we got a we got a fighter we got a we got a fighter he got a hit by gun gunfire uh you know there's nothing he could do Absolutely horrible situation in
5: afghanistan you can see taliban insurgents surrounding the fuel tanks and the ammo boxes which were dumped mid-flights
0: so here's the thing and this just keeps happening accidentally we just keep dropping ammo and, and fuel. Like, I know this is a bad situation and this guy had to make it out alive and he got shot at, but son of a gun, he ends up dropping ammo and fuel. Huh. Hell of a thing.
5: Mid-flight so the plane could return safely to Bagram Air Base in Kabul. The Pentagon now says the plane's stabilizers and munition cases were hit.
0: There you go. There you go. So a little – I just thought that was kind of uh, kind of funny, a little detour there. Now, uh, I love this next clip because it is so loaded. We've talked a lot about why there's – why is there a difference between ISIS, ISIL, and Daesh? Why do we call them all these different things? Well, one of them more implies the Islamic State. The goal, the intended goal of the ISIS terrorists is to form a state – that has been what the Obama administration wants the mainstream media to run with since day one. That's why the Obama administration calls them ISIL, and the mainstream media calls them ISIS because it's a better, catchier name.
11: Two more disturbing news from overseas now, as ISIS
0: apparently is setting its sights on statehood. Oh, just now? ISIS, you mean this group of uh, arbitrarily disconnected people who are all fighting for roughly the same reason? That is, they want the West out and other influencers out, and they want to have their jihad. These people who are roughly disconnected, don't really have anything to do with each other, spattered all over the Middle East with Toyota trucks. They have all gotten together in one of their annual meetings, I suppose, and decided, hey, you know what? Let's make a state. Benjamin Hall joins us from London with more on that. Benjamin. Now, here's the thing I'm worried about with ISIS becoming a state. Is geez the women and children. You know, the damn women and children. John, ISIS are a brutal, murderous terrorist
13: group who enslave women and children oh! every day.
0: Oh, good. Oh, shoot. that's what I was worried about. I just, I'm, thank you. Thank you. Right off the top, Benjamin. We've got to make sure we get that cleared out. But recently,
13: they've been taking a different approach, mm. aiming their direction at statehood, showing that they can bring unity and even govern According to research done by the Quillian Foundation, a staggering 900 pieces of propaganda that they release each month, Uh of that the majority now focuses on utopia, not brutality. Bakeries, children singing, clean hospitals, melon farming, fish farms, sunsets and idyllic scenes. Of course, this is far from reality. Life under ISIS is brutal.
0: Now, this is fun. This is the fun part. Uh, all of the news uh, agencies, all of the news outlets, have been doing uh, life under ISIS stories. Even like ABC, which doesn't cover this stuff very much, has done a life under ISIS story recently. NPR did one, Fox is doing this one, CNN did one, NBC. They all did life under ISIS recently, and I thought that was just, I wonder what that's about. See,
13: life under ISIS is brutal and hard, and they continue to try and attack the US wherever they can. But this shift in domestic tactics says a lot about their growing confidence and the ineffectiveness of the bombing campaign against them. Their new so-called utopia shows children playing on swings, enjoying days out, living carefree lives. But this is a far cry from previous images of them training to fight, learning how to decapitate enemies and blow themselves up.
0: Where are the decapitation videos, by the way? It's been a few months. I mean, uh, what, did people start calling shenanigans? What happened? Where are all the decapitation videos? Where are are all the people getting their heads cut off? Where's all the Jihadi John? Where's all this stuff? Where did it all go? We were enjoying the videos. We had weekly updates for a while. There was episodes. Where'd my beheading videos go? They all disappeared. Hmm, it's very boring now.
13: And it's aimed both at those living under them, but also those seeking to join. Now ISIS is calling for doctors engineers and oil workers <laughs> to join them in their so-called state, oh, yeah. and herein lies the problem. The longer that they are able to bring this unity, to establish some kind of statehood and show the world what they are doing, the harder it will be to dig them out of the hole and the longer yeah. they will start and continue to murder women, yes. children, yes. Christians Whoa. and anyone else who gets Christians. in their way.
0: Gallyman. John.
1: Yes. And they are masters at social media that as well. That yes. They know how to use Thank Twitter.
0: You. Thank you. It's- now, what was that? What the hell was that? Was that just to, like, refresh the house, how scary the boogeyman is? Can you guys—what was that? What was that exactly? I'm not exactly sure what the hell that was. So you heard the tease. We're going to be sticking around in Afghanistan for a little while. Fox News alert. President Obama making a, an about-face on the war in
11: Afghanistan. Expect to announce today that he will keep thousands of U.S. troops in the war zone beyond the end of 2016. That marks a significant change in White House policy. Congressman Mac Thornberry, Texas chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, with me in studio. And welcome to New York. Ninety eight hundred for most of 2016. Fifty five hundred going into 2017. You agree with this move or not?
14: Um, it's better than the alternative. And I've gotten to the point where anytime the president makes a national security decision that's not a disaster, I'm grateful for it. And I, But I think this is not a strategy to win in Afghanistan. It is a strategy to avoid a disaster, to avoid another Iraq, which is exactly what would have happened if he'd withdrawn everything down to 1,000 folks in Kabul. That's what he did in Iraq. And that has led to this horrible morass that we have to deal with. You're suggesting day. this is
11: a policy. Of containment.
14: It is, an, and a minimalist sort of how do you just limp along to the end of the administration. Uh, again, I, I don't want to, I'm grateful for it. Because it could have been far worse. But we shouldn't (laughs) overestimate what 5,500 troops can do. We'll have a modest counterterrorism force. We can keep three bases open, although we'll have to close a bunch of them. Mm. Uh, But the amount of actual training and assisting we can do hands-on with the Afghans is going to be minimal. Can
0: you stop right there? Because that's not the main. So let's keep going. So if that's the best we can do, what's going to be the motivation here? Why are we doing this? Well, let's go to Obama. Maybe he'll give us some insights.
5: Well, the president once vowed to end the longest war in American history, but as the Taliban gains strength in Afghanistan, it's making a major policy change. Although the Afghan combat mission is officially over, the U.S. will keep, in fact, nearly 10,000 troops in the country throughout most of next year. Fox News correspondent Kevin Cork has the latest. Kevin?
9: While America's combat mission in Afghanistan may be over, our commitment to Afghanistan and its people...
0: He needs, like, a big victory sign. Maybe if he could do this like on an aircraft carrier, that might I might, then this would be working for me.
12: A commitment that has now endured for fourteen years and will continue, the US will slow its withdrawal from Afghanistan, opting instead to have troops by the thousands remain beyond next year. The President announced that fifty five hundred American troops would remain in Afghanistan into twenty seventeen.
0: Now the thing that they are not telling you as clearly is that actually another five thousand troops, at an additional to the number that they're telling telling you about after 2017, an additional 5,000 troops will remain just for the
12: embassy. The president calling it a modest but meaningful extension of our presence, but for much of 2016, around 9,800 American troops will serve throughout the country in non-combat roles. Still, it's a dramatic shift for a White House that wanted to leave around a 1,000 troops in and around Kabul by the end of the Obama administration.
0: You know, you can see Obama doing the tally, see how many people do we need to defend the poppy fields, let's see, we got the poppy fields covered, was a
7: disaster waiting to happen. I think what the president is doing now is enough to contain the, uh, the damage, uh, at least until he leaves office.
12: The decision underscores the difficulty the commander-in-chief has had in achieving one of the central promises of his presidency, ending the longest war in American history. Already stung by the threat of ISIS and the reemergence of al-Qaeda, it's the Taliban that's now creating the most trouble in Afghanistan. But experts say in a fog of war, especially one more than a decade along, decisions have consequences which is why many believe that despite calls from the left to leave the region wholesale the president in this case made the right move
14: i've gotten to the point where anytime the president makes a national security decision that's not a disaster i'm grateful for it
12: man that
0: statement right there is what i really hate about american politics not only is that just an abuse of the truth but it's clearly the statement made during an election season and so it means he can't trust what anybody in power says during the election season.
14: Gotten to the point where any time the president makes a national security decision that's not a disaster, I'm grateful for it.
0: Yeah, that is coming in the shadow of George W. Bush, right? What, what kind of crap we get during the election season. So why are we staying in Afghanistan? Why? Why, why? why 9,000 troops to 2017? Why an additional 5,000 troops to guard the embassy? Why stay in Afghanistan? Ladies and gentlemen of The Unfiltered Show, I propose to you the reason we're going to Afghanistan and staying in Afghanistan is one of the reasons we went there in the very first place. The Soviet Union.
5: Russia captured the world's attention when its military intervened in Syria. Some officials in Iraq have suggested they might accept Russian help and this has left some people in Afghanistan wondering, is Russia once again eyeing their country?
0: So here I go. So if you don't know the history of this, you might want to look in the Soviet Union invades Afghanistan and just spend a little bit of your afternoon or evening or morning reading about this because you need to understand why this is a huge deal. You see what the U.S. is doing is re realizing that Russia is stepping up and that Russia might step into areas that we haven't cleaned up fully. In fact, the entire reason we went into some of these areas is because we knew that we had a limited time before Russia would step back up. This is all documented. We knew that there was a period of time where Russia would be so busy cleaning up their own shit that they wouldn't give a crap about the Middle East and that we had a certain amount of time to move in and clean house. And that window of time has passed. And we know it's passed. And that's why we don't want to leave Afghanistan.
5: And here's Philip Reeves has the story. No one in
10: Afghanistan even remotely expects Russia to repeat the errors of the 80s. Harun Mir again.
0: Russians are not interested in any kind of intervention in Afghanistan, but uh, they have a commitment uh, for Central Asian republics. Don't forget, says
10: Mir, Russia's actually helped the international mission in Afghanistan over the years. So let's
0: be clear about this. Russia has an existing stake in Afghanistan. Have you looked at where Afghanistan is in relation to Russia? It's a lot closer than it is to the United States. They have a much more of You know what they are? You know what they are? Stakeholders. You might consider Russia to be stakeholders in the future of Afghanistan. You might look at a map to see why that is. And they have always had a stake in the future of Afghanistan, so much so that they have secured supply routes. They have been involved with the effort in Afghanistan since day one with weapons, helicopters, and access to a supply route.
10: He says there's no reason NATO and Russia can't continue making common cause continue in the fight against the Islamists.
0: Russia, if, uh, wants to engage in Afghanistan in the context and framework of international uh, presence in Afghanistan, they will be always welcome. Now, I don't know if you heard what he just said. I'm going I'm to back it up a little bit. He just said if, that if Russia... Wants to be involved in Afghanistan, they'll always be welcome. I'm going to play them am jump back a little bit. Afghanistan, in the context and framework of international presence in Afghanistan, they will be always welcome. In other words, as soon as they offer, we're going to accept them on it. So, yeah, yeah, the U.S. has a lot of incentives to stick around, don't they?
8: Afghan politician Jaffa Madawi worries it won't happen that way.
0: He's concerned the battle against the Islamic State
10: may morph into a proxy war with the U.S.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it already has. Stay tuned for that. Maybe another factor's in play.
10: A few days ago, President Putin met his Central Asian neighbors to discuss a joint border task force to keep the Islamists from infiltrating... Some Western analysts suspect Putin's real motive may be to use the conflict in Afghanistan as another opportunity to expand into Russia's old haunts on the fringes of the former Soviet
3: Empire.
0: Exactly. Russia not only has had an existing interest in Afghanistan since before we ever went in there, they have maintained an interest in Afghanistan, they have continued to be involved in Afghanistan through all of this, and they remain interested in Afghanistan because honestly, if these different countries start to fall to ISIS people, that's going to be a bad story for Russia. So of course they're interested. So maybe that has a little something to do with why we're keeping so many damn soldiers in Afghanistan. Could be. Could be. Now, that proxy war that was mentioned in that last clip, let's deep dive into that.
15: Listen to Josh Earnest again. Listen. I think the president was fairly definitive in the news conference that he did uh, 10 or 12 days ago, in which he made clear that the conflict in Syria would not turn into a proxy war between the United States and Russia. No, Uh, That is a firm commitment that the president has made. That's a commitment. uh, That's something that we will. You can take that to the bank. uh,
2: Abide by. What's a proxy war? A proxy war is when one side has soldiers on the ground and another side has soldiers on the ground. And those two fight as a sort of proxy for these two. And that's exactly what is happening. Play the soundbite again.
15: I think the president was fairly definitive in the mm-hmm. news conference that he did mm-hmm. uh, 10 or 12 days ago. Sure. In which he made clear that the conflict in Syria would not turn into a proxy oh, really? war. Between but you. it
2: is a proxy war. Proxy war defined is what's happening right now. He made it clear it won't become this, but it is this, and that is all. It is. It's a proxy war. It's America versus Russia. They can say it isn't all day long, but it is. We support one set of rebels. Russia supports another, and Syria and Iran and Cuba roll along with it.
0: Now, that's a little black and white. That's a little black and white. Russia is just kind of arbitrarily bombing everybody, everybody. Now, (laughs) If some of them have some CIA, CIA-backed dollars and guns, and some of them don't.
2: Proxy war, U.S. and Russia. President said no, it is what's happening. That is a fact. I'm very sorry, but that's the fact. Ambassador Skip Ghanim is a former deputy assistant secretary of state and defense. He's now director of the Middle East Policy Forum at George Washington University. How important it is, is it for the United States to admit the fact that we put ourselves in this proxy war with Russia inside the civil war in Syria and how deep could the trouble be here
0: now i want to i want to just remind you all I'm
12: driving off laughing this is what i'll say <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: The regardless of what they're about to say the us took the first shots we overthrew the government we moved in we started this process in the ukraine we moved in we started up we started funding isis terrorists in syria we started this process so whatever regardless of what they're about to say think about what that means that means that if we knew and i'm a willing to i'm you know just crazy old chris here is willing to bet that the people in power knew that assad and russia were allies Pretty damn good chance of that. They knew that they had been existing allies for years, and they knew that if they went into Syria and started attacking Assad, that Russia would have to defend them. That means years ago, years ago, they knew they would be launching a proxy war against Russia, because they knew Russia wouldn't stand by. So regardless of what these two gentlemen are about to tell you, make no mistake The U.S. fired the first shots, and the U.S. knew that Russia would eventually have to intervene because Russia doesn't want to see the Assad government fall to some pro-Western government. They don't want some pro-Western dictator getting in there that would be anti-Russia. That'd be ridiculous. No, they're going to back up their existing ally. That was obviously always going to happen.
3: Well, it certainly is a proxy war. I totally agree with you. I mean, you can't deny it. Uh, 10 or 15 oh, yeah, you days can. ago, maybe. Yes, you
2: can deny it. Josh, Josh <laughs>
3: Earnest well, the- just denied it. The president said it's not happening, but it is. Go on. But it, but it certainly is happening, and this is obviously something that Putin has planned well, well in the head. You don't just drop Cuban uh, forces in overnight. I think I said once before on your program, you don't build a runway overnight. We, we've watched this happening, and yet we don't seem to be reacting. Uh, we just seem flat-footed. And what you have here is Russia putting together the very coalition uh, that it wants with allies that back it, troops on the ground, which we always said was essential and which we never were able to produce, We look very, very weak at this point. I'm not as concerned about how people think we look as about the
2: facts on the ground. And among the facts on the ground, according to our sources, and not disputed by anybody, that 150 of these... Remember, the CIA is the one doing the training. People have to remember, we've been in there all the time. They yep. lie to us and tell us we're not in there. They said the military's not, but what they don't say is the CIA is doing it. And-
0: Jeez, are they going to take Shep off the air? Holy shit, this sounds like a segment of the Unfiltered show. Holy crap, let's play this back. This guy's going off the air. The
2: CIA is the one doing the training. People yes. have to remember, we've been in there yes. all the time. They lie to us and tell us we're Hell not in Shep. there. They no. said the military's not, but what they don't say is yes. the CIA is doing it and the CIA is doing That's it. What That's a friend. fact. That's it. Yes. They've 150 right. of them, according to our sources have been slaughtered. At one point, do you have to go, well, we're going to protect these who we've been supporting against slaughter. And then what happens?
3: Well, we've we've let them hang out before. We haven't supported them. Uh, as you know, the stories when they went in, they were uh, slaughtered by other other resistance forces, frankly. So it has not worked. It's a flat footed program. Um, I understand what you're saying about not worrying about how we appear. But the point of the matter is that Putin wants to make sure that Syrian regime doesn't fall and collapse. And he says he's not going to send in ground troops, uh, meaning Russian ground troops. Sure, because he's sending in Cuban ground troops. So, uh, you oh, there are Russian lying. ground troops there, too. I wonder what you think the symbolism, because
2: you don't bring in Cuban ground troops for anything else but symbolism mostly, right?
3: Oh, no, I don't think so. I think they're fighters. They'll but, be out in the, in, the, in the trenches.
2: Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, you could come up with the numbers without going to Cuba. Going to Cuba sends a certain message, doesn't it?
3: No, I think they used the Cubans before, as, as you already had on the program. Ooh. They had them in, in Ethiopia as well and several other African countries. This is a relationship that goes back to the days when Putin was in his intelligence capacity, and he knows how that was, was worked.
2: Intelligence capacity at the KGB? Yes. Yep. Ambassadors, good to see you. Thank you.
0: Never mind that uh, Barry did a little work for the CIA. You know, I find interesting about that, too, is uh, I wonder if that has anything to do with the uh, recent changes in the U.S. policy towards Cuba. Let's deep dive into that Cuban soldiers on the ground story.
9: New information now on Russia's military involvement in Syria. A U.S. official confirms parts of a report that Cuban troops are now operating on the ground there, apparently on behalf of the Kremlin.
0: Now, I have seen some stories that debunk this, and I have seen some stories that confirm this. My gut tells me this is legit. I've seen some stuff that says that that there's no Cuban forces on the ground, this is all crap, it's all propaganda, the West is making this up. But you know what? My sense tells me it is true.
9: Doug McElwee reporting live from the Pentagon with that. Doug. Hi, John. Yeah, this information first surfaced in a report for the, uh, rather from the Institute for Cuban and Cuban American Studies at the University of Miami. It says that the head of the Cuban Armed Forces recently visited Syria with a group of Cuban military personnel to support Russian operations there. It goes on to say that Cuban forces will primarily man Russian tanks in the assistance of Assad's forces. Now, a U.S. official has confirmed to Fox News parts of that report. The source says there is evidence from intelligence reports that Cuban paramilitary and special force units are on the ground in Syria. He describes it as a kind of Cuba-Angola arrangement. That is a reference to the Cold War days from the 1970s when Cuban troops operated on behalf of the Soviets in several Central African countries, What's including Angola. He adds that Cuban troops may have been training in Russia and may have come to Syria from Russia on board Cuban transport planes. Uh, Yesterday White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest cautioned against any Cold War, proxy war comparisons or parallels.
15: I think the president was fairly definitive in the news conference that he did uh, 10 or 12 days ago.
0: I think it's fairly definitive. This is going to be a huge part of Obama's legacy. Thanks, Obama
15: in which he made clear that the conflict in Syria would not turn into a proxy war between the United Uh States and Russia. Uh, That is a firm commitment that the president has made, and uh, that's something that we will uh, abide by.
0: Here's how it goes, actually. It goes a little bit like this. He walks out on stage. Hello, everybody. He says, uh, look, I refuse to acknowledge in public this is a proxy war. Problem solved. There's also some new information. A U.S. official also
9: tells Fox News that uh, Moscow is now deliberately targeting CIA-backed rebels in Syria and has succeeded thus far in killing at least 150 of those (laughs) CIA-backed rebels. John, back to you. Ominous information. Doug McKellie,
11: thank you.
0: Ominous, you guys. Ominous information. Ominous information. Hmm.
11: It is RT International live from Moscow. Thank you for joining us. The Syrian president, Bashar al-Assad, has made an unannounced visit to Moscow overnight.
0: Now, what? Think about what that represents. I'm going to just jump back just a couple of seconds. Think about what this represents. The Syrian
11: president, Bashar al-Assad, has made an unannounced visit to Moscow overnight.
0: Wow. Assad got on a plane and flew to Moscow, and the CIA didn't kill him. Man, he's got to be feeling good. Meeting with
11: Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin.
0: Now, now here comes Putin. God, this guy. Man, look at him. He is... He's got a custom suit, just like Barry does. He comes out. Now, tell me, if you're watching the video version, tell me Assad doesn't have what, what is, just, it is just... It is called this. I don't mean to be uh, not safe for work, but it's called a shit-eating grin. Assad, ha- Assad is acting, look at this man's face and tell me he doesn't look like he's a meeting a celebrity, and B, I can't believe I made it alive. I can't believe they didn't kill me. The CIA didn't kill me. Now watch Assad and tell me that's totally not what he's thinking. You see that face? You see that? Do you see that? (laughs) He looks, he looks, he honestly looks like if a Putin fan club leader Went to go meet Vladimir Putin for the first time ever and, and, and like survived like a car breakdown or something. Like, this is the man, this is the face of the man whose country has been under attack for years, has, because of Putin's involvement, been able to travel safely to Moscow and shake his hands. And he is, the smile on this guy's face is, is gotta be one of the funniest things. I'm gonna just play it back and then we'll keep going. It is, it is so good. Look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> He's just smiling.
11: It He's is so the uh, happy. first trip abroad for the Syrian leader since 2011. At the pair discussing the fight against terror and extremist groups, and Russia's air operation currently being carried out in Syria was touched upon as well. Let's, uh, in fact, have a quick listen as to what the two leaders had to say at the meeting.
14: The Syrian people practically by themselves have been fending off and fighting against international terrorism for several years now. Syria's been having serious losses, but lately it's been achieving serious positive results. Uh nothing to do with us in this struggle as well god he looks so happy russia's leadership and the russian
11: people for all the help they've given to syria
0: this is assad talking and he's just he's glowing
11: thank you for standing up for syria and its independence the most important thing is that it's done within international law if not for your actions terrorism that's now engulfed the region would have spread even further to a greater number of
0: countries it looks more serious now
11: All right, Medina Kochenova now joining me live with more details on this surprise visit between the Syrian and Russian leaders. Medina, you'd imagine they probably had quite a lot to talk about.
13: Well, uh, of course, and according to the reports, the negotiations were indeed quite lengthy and it was a very unexpected visit, well, at least for the media. But what we know so far is that just as you mentioned, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad has visited Moscow for a working visit and has held negotiations with the Russian President Vladimir Putin.
0: Now, there's a lot of ways to spin that, right? Oh, look at Putin. He's in with Assad. You know, there would have been a time in U.S. history where meeting with somebody and making negotiations would have been considered a good thing. But no, no, not anymore. But you see, the rest of the world is watching. It's not just the U.S. operating in a vacuum. The rest of the world is starting to listen to other voices as well. And they're starting to see how Russia is handling ISIS
15: Now, Iraq's biggest parliamentary bloc has sent an official letter to the Iraqi Supreme Commander requesting Russian help in the fight against ISIL.
0: Now, you're going to hear a lot about this story, I assume, in the next week. Maybe not. Maybe not, actually. But essentially, uh, people, you know, now it is not the, uh, now not all aspects of the Iraqi government, but it has been requested that Russia come in and help with the fight against ISIS in Iraq.
15: And that's what a member of the country's state of law alliance, Saad Madlabi, told RT. And uh, in fact, he's with me now to discuss the situation further. Thanks so much for joining us here in the Theater National sir. So do you think this move, an official letter sent to the Iraqi Supreme Commander, could lead to Iraq asking Russia for help?
7: No. Yes, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to your show. Uh, as a matter of fact, the largest bloc, as you said in the report, has uh, sent an official request to the uh, uh, Prime Minister, the Supreme Commander...
0: So there you go. I don't really care what he has to say. I think what actually matters is that, is that you know it's happening at all. It's happening. It, that is, to me, a very fascinating shift is that people are starting to say, hey, you know what? You want to come bomb ISIS? Well, why don't you come help us out too? And you look back at the U.S. deciding to keep troops in Afghanistan. They have to be related. And if I was Joe Biden, I wouldn't want to have to deal with this either. This wouldn't want to be my mess Joe is officially out as of today.
16: Please sit down, uh, Mr. President. Uh, thank you for lending me the Rose Garden for a minute. It's a pretty nice place. <laughs> as my family and I have worked through the uh, the grieving process, uh, I've said all along uh, what I've said time and again to others. Uh,
0: okay, I'm getting out the red book, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden is going to run for, I believe that was the, uh, yeah, Biden-Warren is the uh, prediction as of Unfiltered 156. I've got it open in the Red Book right here. Let's see what he says. Uh,
16: That it may very well be that that Uh process, uh, uh, by the time we get through it, uh, closes the window. What? On mounting a realistic campaign. Wait, what? What? uh, For president. Wait, what? What? That it might close. What? No. uh, I've concluded it has closed. What? I know from previous experience that there is no timetable for this process.
0: Now hold on a second. I don't think uh, you understand, Mr. Biden. Uh, In episode one fifty six, Chase wrote in the red book uh, right here. It says uh, Biden and Warren ticket. It's in the red book. You're not allowed to. What the? Hold on a second here. Are you telling me? Are you what? I got. Hold on. My director's telling me. Uh huh. Okay. The red book. Got something wrong? What, what, what?
16: The process doesn't respect or much care about things like filing deadlines or debates and primaries and caucuses. But I also know that uh, I could do this if I couldn't do this if the family wasn't ready. The good news is the family has reached that point. But as I've said many times, my family has suffered loss. And, uh, and I, uh, I hope there would come a time, and I've said this to many other families, that sooner rather than later, when, uh, when you think of your loved one, it brings a smile to your lips before it brings a tear to your eyes.
0: All right. You guys want to fry some bacon? Because I got some bacon on this one. Yeah, I got that bacon. Here's my theory, my conspiracy bacon theory. Biden has been spending the last few weeks trying to convince the powers to be, whoever those are, whoever the powers to be, the people that decided that George W. Bush should be the president and not Al Gore, the people that decide that Mitt Romney should not run, the people that decided that a no-experience Senator Barack Obama should be president and not Hillary Clinton, the people who decide these things, decided Biden shouldn't run. And he has spent the last few weeks trying to convince them that he should. But he couldn't do it because, well, he's probably just not with it enough. And they know they need something different. My conspiracy is is that they said no, Biden. But if Hillary can't make it, if she blows it at this Benghazi hearing, if this email thing swallows her, we want you on standby. You're our go-to backup guy because we can't give it to Bernie. He's just the sideshow. And so Biden has been building his case People have been assembling money, assembling ads, and he's been trying to convince the powers to be to let him run. And they said no. And now he's got this great out. He's got the family excuse. He's, got, he's been building this narrative because he knows he might not have been getting the go ahead all along. And if Hill Dog bails for some reason, maybe Bill dies, maybe Hill Dog gets entrenched in this email scandal, etc., well, he's going to let them know that he's ready to just pick back up if they need a backup person.
16: Well, that's where the Bidens are today. Thank God. Bo, uh, Bo is our inspiration. Unfortunately, I believe we're out of time, the time necessary to mount a winning campaign for the nomination.
0: Now, he says he'll continue to make his voice heard and his opinions heard. But isn't that, isn't that something? Isn't that something? And of course, it just, who knows? Maybe I'm completely wrong, but it seems like, it seems like he was teasing it out for a while. And then somebody told him no. Just like those people are going to tell you no about your drones. Well, at least until you register them.
5: Well, the federal government is expected to unveil a plan that would require people to register their drones. And this comes after a number of recent reports of the unmanned aircrafts coming too close to airplanes and even preventing air crews from fighting massive wildfires. So McHale is live in Washington with more on what we're learning today. Doug?
9: Hi, Jenna. This plan to require the registration of drones or unmanned aviation systems, UASs, is the result of a huge uptick in UAS incursions in congested airspace in recent months. There have been many instances of commercial pilots reporting sightings or near misses with drones. Commercial drone operators are already required to maintain certain flight restrictions, and the FAA has tried to send a get-tough message to those who violate the rules. Earlier this month, for example, the FAA sought a stiff $1.9 million fine against a Chicago company, SkyPan International, which provides aerial video to clients. The FAA said, quote, SkyPan conducted 65 unauthorized operations in some of the most congested airspace and heavily populated cities, violating airspace regulations and various operating rules. SkyPan has vigorously denied the accusation, but with drone sales going through the roof, the slow pace of the federal regulatory process has been hard-pressed to keep pace. The FAA has already missed a September deadline for more stringent UAS regulations.
7: Not later than September uh, 30th, 2015, that's the deadline we put in there. Is that deadline going to be made? You you certainly won't
14: have full integration of UAS. But
7: the deadline is not going to be
9: made? No. In addition to today's FAA announcement requiring the registration of drones, probably by the end of this year, the FAA is now pursuing some new technologies to track down drone incursions. The FAA is working with CACI, which is a a Beltway contractor, to passively detect, identify and track drones and their ground-based operators in order to protect airspace from unlawful misuse uh, of drones near U.S. airports. Jenna, back to you.
5: Doug, thank you.
0: No, thank you, thank you. That drone story is a hell of a story, isn't it? Like, we continue to follow it, and it's it's tough to see, like, both perspectives. Because I wouldn't want people to run crazy with drones taking pictures of things, either. But at the same time, they seem completely unequipped to regulate it, don't they? Completely unequipped to regulate it. Unfilter.reddit.com, if you want to submit content and stories to this show, unfilter.reddit.com is a great place to get even more show but more than that, patreon.com unfilter, you can support this show, and you get access to the Supporters Show, which is way more show. And if you kick up to $5 or more, you get access to the Supporters Sync. And I'm looking at it right now. There's an entire section on the West Bank and Israel that we didn't make into the show today. The Overtime folder has sections from Cyber, Science, BS And the 2016 run All in the supporter sync. If you go to patreon.com unfilter You get access to that If you want to contact the show Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com unfilter And send us in a contact We do love to hear from you But more than that We love to have you live in our chat room And that way you can yell at the bots When people show up that have nothing better to do Than troll this show It actually, can you believe it? There's people so sad out there They wait around till this show is live And then troll in the chat room could you imagine that being your life? It happens. And you can watch it live, jblive.tv, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get this in your local time zone. Hang out live, give us your commentary. And if I get a few people asking for it from the Patreon feed, I might just do a mumble edition in the future. I only want to do one if the mumble folks want. Patreon.com slash unfilter to vote for that. All right, follow me on Twitter at Chris Follow the network at Jupiter Signal. And thank you so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. And I'll see you right back here next week.